Multi-team or even whole organisational agility, business agility, whatever it is you would like to label it as, has never been easy. And there has been a huge number of frameworks over the years that have come and gone. Some have stood the test of time, others haven't. But all of them, well, I say all of them, most of them, have had pretty good, strong values at their core. The Less Matters podcast is here for more than just less stuff. This podcast exists to help you get to grips with multiple team agile, to help you get to grips with how to scale, or even just how to be a better agilist and agile leader yourself, to accelerate your performance and the performance of those around you here at Less Matters we are going to be having lots of chats with people that maybe have never even heard of Less before, but have brilliant, informative, valuable things to share with all of us. So, here we go. Without any further ado, let's get on to this week's Less Natter. Hello and welcome to another episode, a brilliant episode of the Less Matters podcast because today we are joined again by the wonderful Nisha of Delivery Space podcast fame. Hello, now, Ben. Hello, Nisha. Now, Nisha was singing to me a moment ago and she has promised me not to include that in any of the promotional stuff. Yeah, my my impression of Diana Ross must never, never, never see any sort of airtime on any feed anywhere, okay. Ben. Noted. Thanks. I will do my best to adhere <laughs> to that. I would never do that. That would be super mean. No. Nisha, thank you very much. And that was a bit mean to be mentioning it, but I thought it was, it was a highlight for me. Highlight of my day. Nice way to start the day. So, Nisha, thank you for coming back once again. I know that last time I said that you could do a plug for your podcast, a proper plug, when you're at the start yes. of this episode. So plug away. Ah, I am so happy to do this plug. So um, guys, if you are listening to this, um, I have started a passion project with a co-host of mine. Uh, It's been going since November last year. It's called the Delivery Space Podcasts. It is about everything to do with the delivery space and focuses on experiential knowledge uh, from those who are practitioners within the space, who those who work in the product space as well as the project space, um, coaches, mentors, and others who have got something to say about the work that they are doing. So um, yeah, we're, we're pretty passionate about what we do. We also focus on well-being because we know working in the delivery space can be quite stressful and we need to look after our well-being too. So we have a variety of topics that we talk about. Um, so yeah, please give us a listen. You can find us on YouTube and Spotify. Plug done. Whoop. Which I think whoop, is what whoop. young people say, isn't it? Whoop. Whoop. Yeah, yeah. They they do all of that stuff. To- yeah. T- totes whoop. Right. <laughs> oh, question. And before on, we move on to the question, it's, I mean. It's right. Just interrupt me. It's right. Go on. <laughs> so I just want to say, and Ben came on the podcast and he was brilliant. So if Thank you're you. interested in 
unearthing the difference between less and safe. And we will be doing another um, another follow-up episode with Ben because for that, we scratched the surface. Like half an hour, 40 minutes just wasn't enough. So yeah, we will be having Ben back. Nice. Yeah, it was Sunday morning. Next time I'm going to have croissants and coffee. But I loved it. I lo- it was a lovely way for me to spend my morning. I felt quite lucid. I, I, I think it was a good listen, but you can be a judge of that. So uh, check it. out the Delivery Space podcast. Find my episode. Listen to that one first. Yes. <laughs> no, I'm joking. Listen to any of them. They're all brilliant. And yes, yeah, so if you're going to do one thing, if you're going to do one thing, whilst listening to this or after this, uh, subscribe to the Less Matters podcast. If you're going to do two things, then subscribe to the Delivery Space podcast before you subscribe to the Less Matters podcast. I love that. Does that make that make that that logically Look, that makes sense? Everybody wins. Everyone everybody wins. wins. That's the way to look at it. They're just queuing yourself up there for the next song. Was that hot chocolate? No, I'm not doing it. I'm not doing it because I know that you'll release it. <laughs> no, I would never do such a thing. But we should move on because yes, do it. We're al- we're alienating ninety percent of our listenership probably by talking about music of which no one knows anything about. Unless they're, they're as old out. as us. Yeah, they're missing out. What can we missing say? Out. I'll put some links to these tunes in the uh, show notes. I listened, to, I listened to Barry White this morning. No you word did. of a lie, I was listening to Barry White. And uh, yeah, I'm going to shut up and move on because I'm not, I can't bother to edit this podcast. I'm just going to release it as is. And if I start talking about the Barry I'm trying to remember the Barry White song that I was listening to this morning. First, my last, my everything. And but he were begins. you singing along to it, Ben? No, I wasn't. Were you I wasn't. singing along to I it? I would have been. I would have been, but it was the first time I'd actually listened to the lyrics. And he's like, you know, remember uh, we, when we got together and you know, we've been together all this time. And it's all like deep, sexy voice. <laughs> and he's like, isn't that nice? Like, nice. <laughs> he's like, isn't that really nice? Barry, really nice. That's the most... That's the, that, the, you're, you're especially like sexy soul god, and that's the best you could come out with. Isn't that nice? No, mate. So at that point, I, I decided not to sing about it because Barry just went down on my estimation. Well, you got to think about that generation, right? He couldn't really kind of make it any more sexy. He had to stick uh, with the word nice, maybe. He should have said, um, he should have said, isn't it terrific? I just. It's just maybe <laughs> not. A much better word. <laughs> That's like, that sounds like something like the Crankies would have said, dude. Uh, no, isn't that fan dabby dozy? That's what the Crankies would have said. Okay, now, now, me and you met, are totally uh, revealing our our prehistoric kind of kids TV watching habits. But I, I, I met Jimmy Cranky once. No way. Yeah. But I did not get that it was a, a a lady who dressed as a small boy. And it caused much confusion for me. Yeah, me too. I didn't believe it for the longest time. My dad yeah. sat me down and had the talk because I was quite a fan. Yeah. But, but yeah. Well, my dad, because we saw we saw Jimmy Cranky at Butlins, my dad made me go up to Jimmy Cranky's limousine and ask for an autograph. And I'm like, no, Dad, that isn't Jimmy Cranky. And he was like, yes, son. 
That is Simu Pangi. I'm like, no, Dad. That's just a very short woman. And he and I didn't believe him. And he made me go up. And I went to Jimmy Cranky's limousine and I said, Can I have your autograph, please? And she was brilliant. She said, she said Yeah, sure. Wow. And she signed it. And I went back to my dad and I'm like, You can have that. I don't, I don't, know, I don't, know, I don't want that person's autograph. I don't know who it is. <laughs> like, but Butlins in Bognorizas was, was, was the place to be. Right. I'm not going to make you that. Yeah, I'm going to go. I, I think it's it's fantastic um, that you got to meet Jimmy Cranky's. Um, right. Yeah. I'm going to have to edit this podcast now, aren't I? Sorry? I'm going to have to edit the podcast now, aren't I? Right. Take a breath. Big breath in. And release. Okay. So, Nisha, hmm. your question. Can I read this one out? Because you read it last. You read it, you read it out last time. I feel like we should take it in turns. Yeah, go for it. <laughs> can Can you do that? I'm introducing a feature film voice again, Ben. <laughs> yeah, but now, but now I've I've just read the start of it, and now it's just reminding me of another conversation. Okay, you ready? Yeah. Go. Hold on. Why start small when beginning a transformation journey? That was proper feature film voice. Yeah. I, um... I felt I needed a bit of a run in. If the question was longer, I feel like I could have like built a bit more, a bit more bombacity about it, but I didn't. Anyway, yeah, so it's Nisha, about, it's about as short as the Luckler rail, uh, the Luckler um, runway. Luck- you know, Luckler. Okay. Luckler is a very short runway. Is it? You, if you ever do the um, Everest Base Camp, you, you uh, will land in Luckler at some point. And yeah, that's it's a very short runway. So yeah, in comparison, short nice. sentence. Short sentence. But now, I, but if I said all of that, I could have really built up to it. So why why start small when, when beginning a transformation journey? Mm. Nisha, give me. Give me your best reason. Oh, oh, right. Let me limber up. So I'd say you're building a stable backbone, right? And that's what you should be thinking about. So when you're starting your transformation journey, you're going to be, it's a multifaceted journey. Okay. And I don't want to sound like a Forbes or a, a Forbes article on this, but you're focusing on multiple things at once. You're focusing on your strategy. You're focusing on your people. You're focusing on your structure. There are multiple things that you are focusing on. So, you know, to, um, to be able to start small and develop a, a momentum with a small group of people who you can eventually call champions will help you along your way. It is a, bit of misinformation, I believe, where, you know, sometimes you're presented with a blueprint for an agile journey. I don't believe you can have one um, in terms of, you know, agile transformation. There is no blueprint because every organization is different. Mm. I think that... Oh, sorry, go on. on. I think blueprints often... If, if useful, are abstract to the point where even a small child could understand the logical steps, which does a disservice to the 
inherent complexity we're going to find in any modern organization yeah and um funnily enough i was having a conversation with my dad about this when i was explaining to him when i was working on a transformation what the nuts and bolts were and you know we ended up just philosophizing about it and and saying as an organization we are so resilient i use the word wriggly a lot because we are determined to get ourselves to the goals that we set ourselves. So if you think about the past few years and the advances that we've made, why have we made that? Because we've built those structures, we've built those processes, we've done what we think is right to get ourselves to that goal. So nothing will stop us and we've built what we need to. But now the playing field has changed and now we need to, in this VUCA world that you hear about a lot, it's true. You need to be able to respond to the market. You need to be able to turn around those business change initiatives internally. You need to, you need to be able to, um, equip yourself and, you know, formulate yourself as an organization. So you're not, uh, you're not as clunky as these structures and processes, um, made you feel that you're carrying that extra weight, right? Um, to bring a weight loss analogy sort of into it. But it, it kind of feels a bit like that when you're trying to roll out, um, change, transform yourself, um, yeah, follow through on your initiatives. So yeah, that was the, the nuts and bolts of me trying to explain that journey to my dad. So I'm sharing it. Nice. So what we can say then from your perspective is that by starting small, building some champions and a solid backbone, you begin to test the organizational fitness yeah. a little yeah. bit because you're going to introduce some rogue PT instructors who are going to go out and begin to test certain parts of it. And then with that, you give yourself a situation where you can build and lose some of those extra pounds you gained over, over Christmas. I wasn't, I mean, I'm talking not about you, Nisha, obviously <laughs> just generally people tend to gain extra pounds over Christmas, myself included. Hey, extra pounds over Christmas. You should have seen the truckloads of chocolate. I just said over Easter, right? <laughs> Because, I don't zero zero guilt, but I know what you mean. Yeah, but I found that the best way to have no chocolate in the house ever is simply to create other humans, and then magically all the chocolate disappears and no one buys you an Easter egg. It's brilliant. I am now. I, I weigh very little more than I did at the beginning of Easter. Okay, so I take what you say about starting small. Mm. I like it. I was going i had like three or four responses to that i'd like to share my thought on okay. it and there was one that david's and i'm hoping i by starting with the one i remember the others will then come into my head there's one thing that david snowden always used to say about people uh, people trying to copy what other people do rather than look at the starting conditions and try and mimic those starting conditions. And often when we talk about then starting conditions, we're talking about something small. So I liked that as an idea. Oh, the other one nearly came back to me then. But it didn't. I, I've had mixed success when starting small, because sometimes when you start small, you end up creating almost a parallel organisation. But I don't see there's being many other options, he says, as all those old thoughts now come back into his head. That Jürgen de Schmidt said to me 
is a uh, certified less trainer that there was one agile transformation that he was involved in and by any stretch it wasn't huge but it was yeah i think it was maybe like a thousand people he said you wouldn't be able to employ enough skilled people in the world to all con- um, concurrently work on this and make it a success and i think this then really talks to the the challenge which i think is often overlooked or or just dodged when people don't change enough and if you really want to strike to the gold when it comes to lean and agile, particularly in a technology situation, then a whole heap of stuff will probably have to change and yes. it will take a long time. So by, you know, sometimes it's budgetary reasons why you'd want to start small. Mm. Now, the the main thing I wanted to say, and I'll keep this very brief so we don't keep everyone here for too long, is that whenever you embark upon any type of organisational change, you're generally going to see an increase in learning because people are learning new skills, learning to be in a new team, learning new areas of technology, learning new parts of the business. You're also going to see a whole heap of problems begin to bubble up because people are trying to do things in different ways and they're trying to probably go quicker and get value out the door and get more feedback. So there's going to be a lot of impediments, a lot of problems that are going to be made very apparent to people. And this heady mix of increased time spent learning and increased number of problems to be solved makes teams slower. So I would say that change starting small or at least not too big is valuable because it means you can work through those early points of learning and resolving issues so that you end up with more capable teams and less obstacles to feedback. And then you can move on from that point. So for me, the big, for me, one of the big sales pitches of starting small would be, it's going to be painful. You're going to find out loads of stuff you didn't know before. And you're going to face problems. Working through those problems and learning that stuff will make you better. But start small because there's only so much learning and so many problems that anyone is capable of dealing with at any one point in time, no matter how resilient you are as an organization i like that and i um i've seen that work in practice which gives me confidence about that approach and you mentioned something really useful about um learning and creating that that learning mindset within you know within that area of the organization that you you're aiming to change and see that transformation and with that goes experimentation so it may be let's say a discrete development team that you've stood up and they've adopted a way of working maybe you want to start including some cross-functional members of another part of the organization because it fits not to have them outside it fits to have them within that team and it's you know, experimenting, it's onboarding them to a new skill set. You've got, you know, nurturing, you've got onboarding, you've got um, training, all sorts of, where are you going, dude? <laughs> I'd, open, I'd open the door, it's getting a bit warm in here. Okay. Too much, too much hot air, mate, carry on. got all sorts of factors to consider so if you're up for experimentation go for it if keep it small you need to also bring the leadership team on board with it if you start off in a you know in a a scaled setting um how much can the leadership team 
actually uh, get on board and help you if attention is split across many teams. So what you want to do is have people believe in the change, believe in the value that you're generating. Um, and most of all, partner with leadership to make it happen. If they see value from a small, um, a, a small part of the organization that's able to generate that value, it's, they'll be, they'll buy in to you know, increasing that. I like that. I like it. It was a nice question. It was a nice question. When we get together again, because you are going to come back. Yeah, of course. I mean, I enjoy these chats, dude. Good. When you come back, I don't know, maybe we'll pick up on this. Maybe we'll talk about something else. But that was useful. That was useful. I think, yeah, we often say, we say we want to start small, but people don't. Everyone's got a different opinion. So thank you very much for sharing yours and for giving me the opportunity to share mine. We'll be welcoming you back onto another episode very shortly hopefully unless something <laughs> happens um, i won't Nisha. do my impression again uh, no. my arnie impression again i will say thank you thank you rather than i will be back yes yeah, so join us for another episode Nisha will be coming back we'll be looking at another question thank you everybody for listening hope you got something valuable from this if you did let us know if you didn't let us know thank you very much <laughs> stay safe everybody see you soon goodbye what a brilliant conversation. Do you know what? I really enjoy talking to people, as you can probably tell. So I hope you've enjoyed listening to it too. Now, don't forget to subscribe, leave a review, give us your feedback. The more attention that we get, the easier it makes it for me to free up the time to record these podcasts and edit them, to add videos onto the YouTube channel for Less Matters community. So please do give us your feedback, share it, like it, love it, give us your suggestions. My name is Ben Maynard. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Less Matters podcast. Until next time, stay safe and we'll see you then.